And if you haven't failed at anything in the last year, I, I think, you know, you're not playing a big enough game. Yeah. Try 10 <laughs> things, you know, maybe, maybe two will stick, eight will, will you know, not work and, and who cares? I think the one thing about COVID is it's giving people forgiveness of trying things and, and failing. And, yeah. and so, um, yeah, you better be trying new things. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a personal friend of mine, one of the finest human beings it has ever been my privilege to come across. He is also a world-leading authority on the subject of creating amazing, empowering, results-producing corporate cultures. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Tony Guerreri. Welcome to the show, Tony. Good morning, Nikki. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. It is a total honor. So, Tony, you and I know each other really well. You've been very generous in sharing some of your insight and wisdom with me in oh so many ways, from hosting a corporate tour for me and some of my clients, to doing talks at our events, to being on this podcast back when we were nobodies. And I am very grateful for all the generosity and kindness and trust and faith you've shown in me and in us. But many of my listeners are new listeners, so they won't remember you. And they need to get to know you because this show exists to serve the cause of freedom, to serve the cause of free enterprise, to serve the cause of the entrepreneurs, the men and women who go into battle every day to fight and win and create something amazing that serves them, serves the people that are their customers, their stakeholders. And they come here to get sustenance, to get faith, to get belief. And before they can truly Open their hearts and take in your message. They need to get to know you and fall in love with you and fall in love with that message. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the one and only Tony Guerreri? Wow, it's a great intro. I appreciate the uh, the accolades there. I, you know, the truth is, uh, you know, I'm super passionate about company culture, as you spoke about. Um, I'm a huge ambassador of it. I, I live and breathe it. Uh, I speak on it. And uh, the backstory to myself is that, you know, coming out of university, I, I felt like, uh, you know, coming out of business school, I thought that I knew uh, much more than, than uh, you know, than I obviously thought I knew. Coming out of university, I, I went to work in a family business, which is never easy. And, uh, you know, bounced along and just kind of did what, what was told and try to color in the lines and, and, and not, you know, you know, push any boundaries. And, well, well, that that didn't serve me, and uh, in that global financial crisis of 0809, and which spilled into 2010 and 11 and onward, I felt myself, uh, or I found myself, really beside myself in a, in a sense of not really knowing um, my identity. My identity of my business was no longer there, 
And that, that crisis really shook us, uh, shook our business. And we, we have one of the world's leading picture frame manufacturing companies, and we sell picture frames into various different markets across Canada and the U S and, uh, the long story short is I, I, I wanted to, I checked out of my own family business and, uh, I just metaphorically in my mind and, and never knew why I was in such pain until I came across a really great, uh, set of people who, you know, led me to a path of a company named Zappos.com. I'm forever grateful for that company. And they're the online shoe store now acquired by uh, Amazon. Uh, but, but they had a different way of doing business. And, and after going to their facility in Las Vegas, after meeting the folks, after taking some deep dives, I quickly understood why I was checked out. I just didn't like uh, who I was doing business with. I, I didn't like who I had become as far as a leader. And uh, as a result, the company was faltering. And it was only until I had that aha moment back in 2011 was I able to transform our own business. And uh, as a result, uh, 10 years later, so fast forward to today, we have a remarkable company. Um, we continue to lead the industry, but not only in products. Uh, we now lead the industry, I, I like to say, with having the most remarkable people. And I don't care what your sale, what you're selling, what your service is, what your product is. If you don't have remarkable people behind those products and services, you, you may, it may work, but you'll never be remarkable. You'll never be number one. And, and, uh, and that, that in a nutshell is, is where I am today. And I'm, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm a poster child for what's possible when you, when you focus on company culture. Tony, you know, your story, you, you encapsulate very powerfully in a nutshell, but there's so much more to it. And I'd like to dig into it for a little bit. What, what happened to Roma molding when the crisis of 2008 beset you? What was the crisis point? I mean, if we tell it in the form of a story arc, right? And what did you, as you know, the protagonist here in the story, have to do in order to truly turn it around? And what ended up being the the end result? What was the happy ending? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, in 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 those very dark moments, you know, I looked around, and and I often use this analogy, you know, um, smooth seas never made great sailors. And oftentimes, you know, the ships in the sea are not made for calm waters. They're actually made to sustain, you know, really powerful winds and high waves. And I use that analogy because when all is going well and in your business and, and you have beautiful tailwinds and, and it's bright, sunny skies, I often say, you know, all things being equal, you got it pretty good. And your company's really not tested. And, and your company's really tested when those headwinds are coming at you at 40 to you know, 90, 90 miles an hour, there's, there's tons of turbulence. Uh, you're, you're going through a thunderstorm and that that's the analogy I put when that global financial crisis hit our company. Cause for, for the vast majority of people, picture frames are not a necessity. You know, beer is a necessity, fridge, uh, a TV, uh, things of that nature were bought and consumed. Our products were not. And as a result, when, when, uh, when that crisis hit, we all looked at each other and, and no one was willing to go to, go to, let's say, you know, jump in the boat and go into the storm, uh, as, as many need to do during the time of crisis. And, and so I came back 
understanding that that's who we had on the team. And so the first thing I did was I came back and uh, it's, it's easy. You can blame the people or you could take ownership. And the first thing I did is I owned it. And I, I, as a leader of the company, am responsible for that culture, for who we brought into the company. And, and the only thing I knew to do was come back, uh, host a meeting. So I shut down the company for an hour and, uh, and I actually talked to the people in our company. And I told them that as a result of where we are, we had failed them and we had failed the team uh, based on our leadership and we put them last. So I put them, I put them behind product. I put them behind service. I put them behind everything. So they were last and they felt it and they act like I put them last. And I said that they had every right to feel angry at me and had every right to not trust me. And, and, and I, I believe you got to get to that point. Now it wasn't like suddenly the flowers blossomed and the rainbows came out. It, it, it didn't look like that. Um, I also mentioned that I wanted to make our company one of the greatest places to work in Canada. Um, and I also said, I didn't know how to do that and I would need their help. And, and so from there, I think three camps arose. You had the camps of, Hey, Tony, I, I, you know, and, and by the way, there's three camps in every business, the, I hate you camp, no matter what you tell me. Then you have the, I'm, I'm going to give him six months. Let me see what he does as a leader. And then the camp, like, oh my God, Tony, I, I knew that was always in you. Um, where have you been all this time? But I'm happy you're here and I'll support you. The I call those A's. Those were very small. And I had a, a subsequent large group of B's and C's, people who hated and, and disregarded me as a leader. So I had an uphill battle. And, you know, we did a lot of work in between on, on our culture, developing our values, uh, you know, clearly articulating our values. But but first and foremost, understanding what they valued and all along really celebrating wins within the business. And then we started hiring and firing based on, based on those values that we all said we were going to agree to. And, uh, if I can, you know, moving forward, we said goodbye to, to a lot of people and, and we said hello to a, a lot of remarkable people. And today uh, I believe we're the leader in the business, not only because we have great products, because I think great products like great services are commoditized. Everybody can make anything today. Anybody can make anything. And Google commoditized the world about 20 years ago. And so the only thing truly left in a business, in my opinion, is how you make people feel. And we all know that Maya Angelou quote, um, but it's so true today in business. And unequivocally, we are by far the best um, you know, dynamic team in the industry. And, and, you know, I don't care what you sell. Um, you, you need remarkable people around the table because quite frankly, I'm just one guy and, and I'm certainly not the smartest guy in the room. Um, but when I'm surrounded, but you're pretty by darn smart, entire, Tony. I mean, let's, let, let's be real. Like I, I appreciate that you have great people around you, but you were smart enough to know there was a problem and that you needed to address it. And that takes a special kind of courage in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But, but today, you know, I, I'm only, you know, I, I like to say I have a superpower and we, we use each other's superpowers, but, but there's people in, in our customer experience team that they're far better than me in that, in, in that, right. And when you put us together, that's where the magic really, really gels. And, and the ideas that have come out are far beyond what I could have come up, you know, by myself. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, team is necessary. And that, that is a big part of what you preach, right? You create a culture where you allow the team to flourish. So absolutely. 
So Tony, talk a little bit about the results that that have that you folks created because I know that your business went into a dark space for a few years. I mean, there was a revenue fall off and all that, but you you managed to come back stronger than ever. Yeah, you know, sometimes I pinch myself because you know we're during the pandemic right now. A lot of businesses, a lot of people are are suffering, are. and and I I, I want to hold back, um, and I feel so so I feel so much you know. I, just so much pain for, for some of the folks that are out there, their livelihoods on the line. I, I will say, I, I think we're doing remarkably well. In fact, we're having, we've had one of the best years in probably a decade. And, and it's a, a result of the hard work over the last 10 years. And, and I would say, quite frankly, those dark years helped us lay foundations, uh, also had us level up the bench and, um, you need remarkable people to be able to navigate these seas and these are uncharted waters. These are, these are, these are, these are, you know, interesting times to say the least. Uh, but as a result today, I mean, revenue is, is, is thank God I'm, I feel blessed, but doing great. Um, our, our, uh, retention rate, uh, around retaining our team has been remarkable. Uh, I feel like we, we, be, we become a magnet, to remarkable talent, and I'm not saying we're perfect, but uh, whereas 10 years ago, recruiting was a nightmare, today it's a very different uh, experience. And, and you know the saying, great people know great people. Well, you know, we didn't have many great people, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And if we did, we doused them with poor leadership. So it's not really their fault. Today, uh, you know, we continue to be that magnet and we continue to, to hire on remarkable people. Some I, I even pinch pinch myself and ask why why they're in our business when when they're so ridiculously you know smart in their own right. But uh, they're producing results far beyond what I could think of. But I think also companies are are looking. So our customers, because we're in a B two B space, I think our customers, our partners are looking at who's who's stable in the market who has a really great supply chain, who has really great products. But I think today, who's a remarkable team? And I, and I don't think we're talking enough about team. And are they a pleasure to work with? Are their values real? And do they align with our values? And I, I think we're growing unequivocally because more of our customers or our customer base is giving us more of the share of the business. So net, net, I don't think we're growing from a width perspective, I think we're really growing from a depth. We're going really deep with the partners we have. Although we're growing and acquiring, you know, amazing new partnerships, but I feel like we're going deeper uh, because of that partnership, because of that alignment. If that makes sense. Yeah, man, totally makes sense. Brilliant from my perspective. So, Tony, you you paid homage to Zappos and the late great Tony Shea. Talk a bit more about some of Tony Shea's philosophies, because it's the two Tonys, Tony Shea and Tony Guerreri. <laughs> you know, that's fantastic. And, and how they influenced you and w which one of them you feel that you've taken to heart the most. Yeah, I think Tony Shea was was a remarkable guy. I think he was ahead of his time. Uh, unfortunately, as you know, he, he he passed on. But but his legacy and I think his philosophy will forever be in, entrenched in, in me. Um, and I feel like, you know, I want to continue that, that, uh, that message, but, but I think, you know, Tony, Tony's quoted by saying, you know, customer service is not a department, it's a philosophy and a business. Yes. And, and we use that here every day, although we have a customer experience team, uh, 
we're, we're all customer experience. And I, I think that permeates because we're so obsessed with the customer experience that our backend developers, developers are part of customer experience. Our finance team is part of customer experience. So I, I, th- I think that's, that's one pivotal kind of um, ideology that, that he instilled. But I, I think the, the biggest and the one that hit me the hardest was we hire and fire based on core values. And in many respects, firing based on core values actually helps elevate the culture because it's easy to hire based on values. It's not easy to fire based on values. I think many companies talk about it. I think very few do it. But I can tell you unequivocally at our business, we live by that. And each and every time we've done that over the course of the last 10 years, I can't tell you how many notes I've got, private emails, DMs, text messages uh, of, of the team showing up and saying, you know, Tony, I knew that that uh, person X was never aligned with our culture. And, and the fact that he was terminated based on uh, not being aligned with the values, I know was very difficult. Um, but uh, I can't tell you how much that has made our team so happy. And as a result, if there's anything we could do to fill that void, count on us. And I'm talking about across the company and and those things permeate within a business. And, and I, I remember that. And I, I would say the third one I, I recall is just Tony opening up his doors to me. And when I first met Zappos and they said, you could come do a tour of our facility, I was probably the most jaded uh, individual out there who, you know, thought that they, this was all a marketing gimmick and that they were going to sell me like a membership of something. And, and the fact of the matter is it wasn't. Uh, Tony and the Zappos team wanted to show you what was possible. Uh, when you when you really are intentional about building a culture and and today we you know today obviously during during pandemic times we've closed our doors to tours but uh, pre pandemic times we we've hosted upwards of hundreds of people hundreds uh, a year uh, coming to our facility for a culture tour and and I, you know you're one uh, along with a number of others that you 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 brought uh, I just think if he didn't open the doors to me. Um, I, I wouldn't have been able to see yeah. Yeah. somebody else out there. And, you know, while Zappos was a $1.2 billion business at the time, you know, we're far smaller than $1.2 billion. Uh, so it gives others or small to medium-sized businesses hope. And, and, and that's the space I want to play in, if, that, if that's clear. Yeah, man, that's super clear. You know, I remember that tour. It was October 2015, like it was yesterday. Uh, I remember that you had Welcome E-Circle, and we had like, a, I think, about 15 people with us. And um, you had set up your team to kind of like take care of us. Uh, we were blown away by the entire experience. And then you took like an hour and a half out of your day to come and speak to us about the culture. And it blew me away because, you know, you, you didn't ask for anything. You didn't ask for anything. And I have to believe this, that the good Lord saw that and saw what you did, saw what Tony Shea did and rewarded you in other ways. Maybe it didn't come in the form of transactions being done with the people at the moment in front of you. What the good Lord said, you are blessing the people, I am blessing you. And I think that really is a fantastic thing that you've done. What you do to help people value people is your greatest contribution to humanity. And I tell you this, Tony, I've told you this before, you need to get your book out sooner rather than later. It's a testament to the heart that you have and the number of people that you help. And frankly, you know, God's going to help you. When you help more people with that book, he's going to bless you with even more blessings. So go for it, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm actually in the works of it. So 
started to do a few chapters. So that, that makes it real. So that's good. So stay tuned. Good. Excellent. 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 So when you get the book done, come back on the show. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Would love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, so Tony, I'd like to have you share with the folks. Okay. Because there's a lot of folks right now that are going through pain. I mean, this pandemic hasn't been easy on a lot of businesses and a lot of business owners, right? And as I'm sure you're aware. And when it's darkest before the dawn, and, and I want you to bring that message to people because that was where you were at. You, you were in that dark space, and yet you found the dawn. So if you can just speak from the heart to the people around that issue, I would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love, I love speaking on this because, because as you, you've alluded, I mean, I was there. Uh, I'm, I'm not some guy telling you how to do something and haven't been there. I, I, I've been there. It's ugly. Um, what I would say is um, you gotta, you gotta have faith in something um, and, and you gotta believe in yourself. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's tough, uh, but, but you do, you have to be your biggest fan. And because it's ugly and, you know, every, everybody wants to hang around, you know, I always say that the finish line on the first and second who come in to the marathon and they want to take photos with him or her and, you know, but, but no one, if you notice, no one's at the finish line for the last guy. And, and, and I was that last guy, but you have to be your biggest fan. And I, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to do a few things like surround yourself with remarkable people who truly care about you and love you and believe in you. And, uh, you know, Nikki, you've, you've always been a, a huge ambassador and, and big advocate. You've also kicked me in the butt when I needed it. Um, you kicked me in the butt for writing my book. You're, you're one of the, 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 the people in my life who, who continue to push me, uh, which is awesome. Uh, you know, and I'm so blessed to have those people, but, uh, yeah, so I, I think you got to believe in something bigger than you. And I, I believe that um, the surrounding yourself with the right people will predicate how your life will go. And so, it, you know, do a self-assessment on, on those two things. Do you have something bigger than you that you believe in, whether that's God um, or, or whatever that be? For me, it, it was God. And I, I always believe like I'm on this journey in life and, and I feel guided and I feel protected. Um, and I feel that... Um, our job is to make this place a better place than when we got here. Even if it's small, I mean, some people want to dent the universe. I mean, I, I'm okay with like making a small ripple, but, it, but as far as, um, but as long as I'm making a difference, um, so that I can look back and say, you know what, my contribution here on earth, I did something positive to push humanity forward in, in a positive sense. I, I think that's important. But when you're in that dark space, I think reach out to people. I think today it's, easier than ever to reach out to people. And I've reached out to many people and very few, I, I could very few, um, you know, didn't respond to me or very few didn't have the time for me, especially if you come in with, with empathy and, and asking, uh, coming from a place of generosity, people are willing to help. And, and, uh, I think you need to be doing some of that and, and look at where, where you're focusing your time and effort on. Um, because your focus will dictate, you know, how you look at life. So I hope I, I, uh, I gave some insights there of three actual tangible things you can do when you're in a, a dark place. 
Yeah, energy goes where attention flows, right? Energy goes where attention flows. It's very true, very powerful. So, Tony, from your perspective, what's next in terms of the mission for Roma? What's next in terms of the mission you have for being an evangelist for culture, uh, for corporations and, and smaller companies in general? What's next? Yeah, that's the exciting place to be at. You know, we're at a great place in our company. The company's doing really well. Um, The team's humming on all cylinders. I I like to believe it it doesn't need me uh, far as, as, you know, far and wide as it used to. So that gives me some time and freedom. Uh, I I can't personally wait for, you know, live events to come back. Uh, I plan to do a, a heck of a lot of speaking. Personally, I love speaking in universities and colleges and and, and uh, elementary schools, uh, high schools, uh, I think it's important to give back to, to young, young adults and, and to show them what's possible from an entrepreneur perspective. So hope to do a lot of that, uh, but also get in front of entrepreneurs and, and have real conversations. Uh, you know, I, I have a, a hard time seeing some of the entrepreneurs that, that talk about it or, or people talk about it, but have never done it. They've never felt the pain. So hope, hope to do that. Uh, my book, I, I'm writing a book. Uh, and, and it's a very tangible, tactful uh, book, less theory, less theory, but much more uh, action-packed, uh, things you can do to offset whatever you're feeling and how to build you know, and sustain really cool cultures. Um, and what's next? I, I think we're dabbling here at our company in various different things. I, I think we're doing a lot of um, uncomfortable work at our business. I think we're entering uh, new areas that we've never uh, entered before. Uh, primarily, we're in the full fulfillment business uh, in printing of art and uh, assembly. We're working with brands that are that are monster brands um, and, and who who want to partner with us. That's exciting. And I think the the next exciting thing is uh, you know attracting you know far far uh, attracting I would say additional talent to get us to the next level. Uh, excites me because I think you need remarkable people around the table to do those leaps and in many respects uh, maybe bring a perspective we didn't have here at the company. So I, I think those are the things that are next, you know, on my plate. Awesome. Awesome. You know how Zappos had the, the tours and whatnot? I don't know if there was a Zappos Culture University, but there should be a Roma Culture University. Should be like a <laughs> profit center for you guys and there should be like courses and modules and all that that small companies can take and then the bigger companies you can have you can have them go through some more extensive stuff but i honestly believe aroma university is a fantastic idea that the world needs many companies would say yeah i want this and it's a beautiful thing Eh, could be a you know five ten million dollar a year u.s business for you guys too why not um so Tony, let's break this down step by step. Say someone is a small company, right? Maybe just have a few employees and times have been rough. Pandemic's been rough. Some of their employees are scared, wondering if they're going to have a job on an ongoing basis going forward in the future. And the leader of that company is like, okay, I really want to do the right thing for my people. I really, really want to do the right thing for my people, but I have no idea. Break it down for them. 
give them the kind of one, two, three, four, five steps that they need to take in order to kind of turn the ship around and give them an expectation of how much time they need to like realistically plan uh, over the horizon to actually have these um, transformational uh, things stick. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do my best because, you know, many different businesses are, you know, different and, and uh, they're in different levels of pain. So I'll premise this with having, you know, little context on the actual business. But I think from a high level, there's a, there's a number of things you can do as a business leader. I, I think one, I think you need to be honest, honest with your team, uh, taking it back to, you know, very simple values. I, I really believe you need to be honest. If you don't know something, tell them you don't know. And I think when we look at political leaders, um, they should take some of that some of that advice. Here we are a year later in a third wave lockdown or whatever it's called. Um, but but I, I, I clearly, you know, the sentiment is I, I just don't think they know what's transpiring. So be honest. And and so I, I say the same thing for entrepreneurs. Be honest. Uh, hey, you know, we're we've experienced 80%, you know, decline in revenue. And as a result of that, this is what we're thinking of doing. Um, I think, so be honest is number one, be forthright. Um, I, I would say you gotta be in communication. So just make sure dependent on the type of business model, if you're, if you're remote, if you're in one office, I, I don't know, but just make sure you're regularly communicating to your team and sharing exactly what is and what isn't. I think you have to have some form of a game plan if you're pivoting into a different industry or, or vertical or if you're changing a product or you need to, to give people hope. And, and that's, that's the job of a leader. Uh, you need to share with them that, it, that either it is possible or it's not. And I think you owe it to them. And, and by the way, if, if you don't have a plan, well, that, that, you know, that's a sure way of failing. So I don't care what plan you have, just make sure you get into some form of a plan. Uh, and as an entrepreneur, I would say you need to surround yourself with other business owners. I, I think what got me through the last 12 months is being surrounded by remarkable people. Um, you know, Nikki, we, we had numerous calls. Uh, I, I could name, you know, 20 entrepreneurs, uh, both in Canada and the U S that we, we had, you know, deep dives in and, and how are we going to navigate this storm? Cause all businesses relatively are the same, same challenges, uh, you know, <clears throat> things like that. So are you surrounded, uh, by a great network of people? If you're not, I would say call Nikki cause he knows a lot, a lot of people. Nikki is the ultimate, you know, connector. I call you, you know that, uh, but, but I would, I would certainly say connect with like-minded entrepreneurs. And lastly, uh, yeah, connect with entrepreneurs. And I, I would say remain calm and optimistic. Um, people are going to feed off your vibe. And, and if you're panicked and, and if you seem out of control, well, you can bet your team's going to emulate you. So, so I would say those are sort some of, some of the things you can look at as far as timelines concerned. I, I think, uh, Depending on on the industry you're in, I mean, it's a tough gig. If you're in hospitality, I I don't know what to say. I I, I, I I'm beside myself for those folks. I, I don't I don't know what to do. But but maybe you pivot into catering and, and online, uh, you know, online cooking courses. And and I, I don't know what that looks like. But re reinvent, try things. And if you haven't failed at anything in the last year, I, I think you know you're not playing a big enough game. 
<laughs> try 10 things, you know, maybe, maybe two will stick, eight will, will, you know, not work and, and who cares? I think the one thing about COVID is it's giving people forgiveness of trying things and, and failing. And, yeah. and so, um, yeah, you better be trying new things. You know, that's, that's very powerful. I, John Maxwell, who I had the privilege of interviewing on the show, uh, once said to me, leaders are dealers in hope. So as a leader, you got to be a dealer in hope. you got to give people hope. you got to make them believe there's a better future ahead of them. Without that, it's not going to work. So I wholeheartedly agree with you in that. And you do need to find ways to be piv- pivoting and be relevant and be unique and all that good stuff. Uh, I have a client who owns a couple of restaurants. He's buying a couple more restaurants right now. And uh, he's beside himself with all the crazy restrictions that are going on. And what I've said to him is, dude, you need to change your business model. You've got to be having your restaurants oriented toward takeout and not oriented toward in-restaurant dining so much anymore because that's not happening right now. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's been all about the experience indoors, great dining, great experience, great ambiance, all that stuff. And all that's out the window for him. And the other thing that he's looking at doing is he's got a grocery store, a specialty grocery store that he's opening up as well. I think that's really, really smart for hospitality companies to get involved in. Catering's pretty darn smart as well. The other thing they can do is just get into the whole business of food production. I think that's fantastic. And I think food production is a great business. It's a business I'm very interested in myself, especially healthy foods that help build up the immune system. That's the whole point, I think, of what we need to to do as as far as being a business owner is concerned. Our business was all about live events. That's all we did. You know that. And live events went away. And for a while, we floundered. But, you know, we kind of figured it out. We, We started doing challenges. Then we, we, we saw that, you know, people's problems are still there. People were still suffering from problems of not enough customers, not enough income, not enough belief in themselves, not having a community, being isolated. All those things were still there. And we say, we're not going to let you be isolated anymore. We're going to bring you into community. We're going to get you paid. We're going to give you belief that it's possible and it's doable. And that, that's when the people go, yeah, okay, I believe I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Uh, and and I, another thing that I think is really powerful, Tony, is podcasting right now. So since the pandemic started, podcasting has exploded. There's more podcasts out there than ever before. In October, there were 1.2 billion episodes downloaded. In May, there will be 2 billion episodes downloaded, Tony. I mean, look at that. That's wow. an incredible jump. 800,000 new podcasts are coming out there. So here's the deal. You can start a podcast. That's fantastic. But a lot of people are like, I don't want to start a podcast. Ah, too much technology. Oh, my God, a weekly schedule. I can't do it. I can't do it. But what about going on other people's podcasts? Like you're going on my podcast today. What about learning how to be a subject matter expert talking on other people's podcasts? Because these are some startling stats about podcasts. Did you know that 38% of the people who go on podcasts buy the products and services that are mentioned on them? Is that not crazy? That's crazy, right? Amazing. That's amazing. And then the other thing is that people listen to podcasts for a long time. So it's not like a short advertising message. They're listening to that thing for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. Joe Rogan has four-hour freaking podcast episodes people listen to, right? People love listening to podcasts. They can play it in the background while they're cleaning the house, while they're working out, while they're going for a walk. It's amazing, amazing stuff. So 
I've decided, okay, you know what? I'm, t- I'm teaching a course showing people how to get booked on podcasts, how to get paid, how to leverage other people's audiences, other people's trusted relationships. All you got to do is you got to learn how to position yourself so you're the authority so those people go, I want you on. And Tony, isn't that brilliant? Don't you love that? Like there's so many people that have businesses that never thought of this and could get in front of pe- buyers, real buyers by doing this. And I think it's a no-brainer. If you're a business owner and you you don't have a, po- a strategy to get on podcasts, you're nuts. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it, it uh, I mean, I, this is the second time being on your show, but yeah, I think the reach is crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm in a few podcasts as well. Uh, I think it's a great way of consuming content. As you said, you can consume it while you're, you know, on an elliptical or, or, or cooking or, or whatever the case may be. For sure. So, you know, if you know business owners right now that aren't doing this, you should tell them to give me a call. So I'm do, I'm teaching them how to do this. And I got four or five podcasters that are at the end of the day on a panel. We'll have these guys create a pitch. They pitch us and then we give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, we'll have you on the show. No, we won't. Here's what you have to fix, which is fantastic cool. because then they'll learn how to do it and then they'll go on there. And I was on one show last year, Tony, number 35 show in all of iTunes globally. Okay. And uh, I was on it for an hour. I had 43 uh, business calls booked as a result of that appearance. And I made $40,000 in profit because of that one-hour appearance. Amazing. I know, right? No, it's really good stuff. It's really, really good stuff. So, yeah, people have to definitely be innovative. I think that's really, really great advice that you just gave to the folks. So, So, Tony, talk to me about how we can find out more about you, about the talks you do, about Roma Molding. What, what is it that you want people to go and find out? So, uh, you know, we, we obviously sell our products into, you know, brick and mortar online, you know, channels. So next time you're in a uh, frame store, uh, ask for Roma by name. Um, we, have, we have a great reputation and, and are well well serviced in, in uh, various frame shops. But, but I would say, if, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this podcast and want to learn more about how to sustain and drive great results and build an amazing company culture, check me out at TonyGuerreri.com. That's T-O-N-Y, Guerreri, G-A-R-E-R-I.com. And uh, I, I blog uh, every two weeks. I have tons of content there around how you can develop a company culture and, and how you can really build happy, amazing teams driving ridiculous results. And so uh, I'm also on all social channels. So whether it's Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So uh, pretty easy to find. Uh, and I'm always open to supporting fellow entrepreneurs in whatever the endeavors are. Tony, that's amazing, man. So listener, you know, you need frames? Ask for Roma by name. Ask for Roma by name. That's going to be our tagline for you, Tony. Ask for Roma by name. Beautiful. Love it. And definitely go to TonyGuerreri.com and check out Tony's blog. Check out all all the fantastic resources he he has out there about culture. And and if if you are with a company or an association or group, you need to hire Tony and come speak for you. Tony, do you speak over Zoom? Have you done that? Has that been a thing for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, you know better than me with, with live events gone, you know, pe- people, people still have the same needs. They do. Um, and, and yes, I have done uh, a number of, of, uh, whether it's zoom MS teams or whatever the case may be, uh, where I, where I would deliver keynotes and stuff like that. Uh, but as well, um, I would, I would come to your business work, work with top level leadership and, or where my sweet spot is I, I love delivering keynotes in person. So um, yeah, of yeah, course, I, of course. I, but I, that's I not happening right now. <laughs> so, I mean, no. me too, you and me no. both. But unfortunately, uh, until that's that becomes a thing, unless you go to Florida or Texas, you can do keynotes in person over there, Tony. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. So we're definitely going to say, this is going to be in the show notes, okay? So go to the show notes of thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Go to the show notes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I are a professional speaker, Tony. <laughs> so that was uh, one of the things that I think is remarkable is how much you uh, offer to connect with people. I think it's brilliant for someone of your stature with your level of success to make yourself so accessible is a wonderful thing. So listener, make sure you take advantage of Tony Guerreri, all the incredible, incredible resources he's offering you. And here's another thing I want you to do, listener. I want you to listen very carefully right now because Tony is about to share his top three expert action steps. So, Tony, the listener here really wants to know what are your top three expert action steps that they should act on right away to take their business, take their life to the next level. So, what do you say? So, I'm I'm so happy you asked this Um because mine are simple, doable, um, and actionable and don't cost you any money. So here, here you go. First and foremost, I would say, look around, uh, look around the five, the 10 closest people you hang around with. Um, and, and that'll show you who you are. So I would say do a good job of being intentional of who you surround yourself with specifically in your downtime. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they lifting you up or are they sucking your energy? Are they telling you and and showing you what's possible in life in their lives or not? So I would say uh, be mindful of who you surround yourself with. Number two, I would say don't settle. Life is short. And and I think the good Lord gave us gave us this this one life. And I think our our main mission is to come and, and, you know, be good to one another, make a difference. Um, but, but make the world a better place than when you found it. So my, my, my thought to you folks is don't settle. And number three, I would say your life, um, your life's success. And I wish I learned this early on in my life, but your life's success is predicated on actually what you tolerate. And so be careful what you tolerate. Are you tolerating mediocrity all around? Are you tolerating being, you know, making a presentation that the deck is kind of good? Are you tolerating, you know, words like it's okay or yeah, that's good enough. Are you tolerating that? Because that actually becomes your state of reality. When you stop, you know, when you stop that or look at what you're tolerating in life, success will follow. Uh, For me, I I have a very low tolerance. Um, I want to surround myself with remarkable people and and I want to make sure that, you know, the people around me are producing remarkable work. They're pushing me, in fact, to do remarkable work. So those I think would be my my three, you know, take homes today that are actionable that don't cost you a dime. So take an inventory of the people you surround yourself with, right? Don't settle and have a low tolerance for mediocrity and low performance. And don't settle because... 
this is you got one shot. Life is short. Life you're is not, short. This is you're not you're not doing this over. People forget that they die one day and, and the lights turn out. And, you know, yes, we believe you know that that as as good people we we have eternal life, but life here is done. So just just remember that. Yeah. No, it's, I'm 53 years old. It was just yesterday I was 23. (laughs) I mean, just crazy, man. I'm 53 years old. It blows me away. You know, um, there's still life left, but who knows how much more life is left for me. So I'm a man on a mission. I want to do more of the things that I've always wanted to do. That's far more important to me than is this project going to make money? Is this a project I want to do? Is this a conversation I want to have? Is this a human being I want to share time with? Those things matter to me. So I really appreciate you saying that, Tony. I really, really do. So thank you. One of the great privileges of hosting the Thought Leader Revolution is that, you know, I get to work with the world's smartest people. I get to learn from them. I get to have a one hour you know, half an hour to one hour free coaching session with the world's smartest people, Tony. Didn't you know this is the whole reason I do this podcast? <laughs> so, you know, obviously I'm kidding and I do this to be of service to other people too, but that is one of the fantastic side benefits of doing this show. So, Of course. Nikki, and just before we go, I, I want to I add a bonus to all the people out there who are listening, if that's all right by you. Yeah, go um, Is... Be in gratitude, man. You, you know, th- there is probably, what are we, 7 billion people on the earth? There's probably 600 and, you know, 6.9 billion who wish for our problems right now. And and I think putting that into perspective around gratitude and leading with gratitude and appreciation. I don't know about you, but I, I just love, I'm a magnet to people who, who are appreciative and, 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 and who give and, and, and regardless of what they get. And, and so I would say, I think, uh, you know, take more gratitude, you know, be, be more mindful about being thankful in your life and you'll see life, life will, will show up differently. And, and forgive me, but I, I, I think I should have put that, but that's a bonus. Yeah, it's good. Go. It's I'm good done. bonus. It's good bonus. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So listener, Tony Guerreri, a good man, the real deal, a man who runs a substantial company right? A man who gives of his time to be of service to his fellow man, to his fellow woman, and a man who is there making himself accessible to spread the gospel of evangelical wonder to help companies be good to their people and create cultures that people are going to want to be a part of. How cool is that? Okay. So make sure you listen to this show with a pad and paper or your computer or wherever you take notes and do take detailed notes and go and check out all the resources that he gave us in the show notes, okay? But also do this. Once you've done that, if you enjoyed this episode, if we've earned the right from you to say, hi, we did a good job. Share this with somebody who could benefit from it, okay? We don't charge for these episodes. We don't have sponsors. The only payment we ask of you is that if you got something good out of this, that you share this with other people. So if you could please do that, okay? If it, if it didn't give you value, then that's cool. But I know it gave you value. So please share it with some good people and leave us a rating, leave us a review. If we get another 200, 300, 500, 1,000 ratings and reviews, that helps us spread the mission of serving entrepreneurs, serving the cause of freedom, serving the cause of free enterprise. So please make sure you do that. 
And go to our website, eastcircleacademy.com. We got a ton of resources to help you as an entrepreneur. There's free reports there. There's free books there. You can even jump on a strategy call, which we call a success call. And that's free too. And what that's going to help you do is it's going to help you really get clear on what it's going to take for you to add an extra six figures, seven figures, or beyond to your business in the next three months, six months, year. And if the last several months in 2021 haven't been what they should have been, then I suggest you apply to get on one of those strategy calls. And it is an application process. You get to fill in the time, but you got to fill out the application form too. We check it out. If, if, you know, if everything's kosher, if you fit the criteria that we have, we're going to have that call with you. Take advantage of that and make sure that you spread the word about this great podcast and the great work that Tony Guerrero is doing. Okay. Tony, my man, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence, your wisdom, uh, your generosity. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Tony Guerreri, ask for Roma by name. Go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes or go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to this podcast. Check out the show notes over there. And until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 